are we working on a spiritual workout today? We're helping you physically too, so you're welcome. Uh, today, I was wondering, just like Alan said, or just like Otto said, how many of us have ever made a promise before? How many of us have ever kept a promise before? Some of you have never kept a promise? This is for you. Uh, how many of us have ever broken a promise? Yeah. And, and do you remember when you were younger, like you, when you were really serious about a promise? You were like, I pinky promise. I pinky promise. And then if you want to go one step further, shake on it with some spit. But if you really wanted to make sure that you promised the full way, blood brothers, right? Yep, get a little blood between you. Then you knew they were committed. So today we are going to jump into God being a promise maker and a promise keeper. He always keeps his promises. And today, as we work on the core of our faith, we need, uh, you need to participate with me. And to help participate means that you need to have a Bible or an electronic version of the Bible, or you can share with a partner uh, sermon cell and a pen, because as we walk through this, it's not just going to be me up here walking through this. It's going to be all of us joining together. And so before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for this day as we get to come here and we get to experience your truth and your promise for us. I ask God that your spirit will move in our hearts and our minds And that you will make our eyes open to the places where we do not stand on the promises that you have given to us. We pray this in your heavenly name. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to start off. So if you'd like to grab your Bible and go about halfway through Psalm 119, verse 90. If you're having a hard time finding it, uh, your neighbor would love to help. So go ahead and ask him for help. But Psalm 119... 90. I believe that God's word is powerful, and I don't want you just to hear it. I want you to see it and read it and join with. Psalm 119.90 says this, Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth, and it endures. God's faithfulness is from generation to generation. Thousands and thousands of years. It will always endure. So I don't know about you, uh, but I hope you're ready to engage the six-pack of God's promises. Hopefully by the end of the day, your spiritually abs are engaged. Spiritual six-pack just for you today. So the more we engage, the more results we'll get, right? That's what I've been told, at least. First promise that I want you to engage with today is a couple couple books over in Isaiah. So go to the right, Isaiah 43, verse Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. 
When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. This last week, I had a conversation with a friend of mine uh, who has been in the Iraq War. And we were talking about that situation, and he said, the only thing that brought me through that was knowing that God was always with me. It's like in those long, dark nights in the watchtower. The only way I was able to make it through that night was knowing that God was with me. When I was on patrol, making sure everything was safe, every step I took, I knew God was with me. And the first core promise for us today is to know that God is always with you. In Isaiah 43, it says that we're going we're gonna to be in the waters, but they will not come over us. We will be in the fire. We will not be burned. Like Pastor Kent talked about last week, about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they were thrown in, but they were not burned because God was with them. Now, many of you are probably not facing a war in your life right now, but you may feel like the waters are about ready to go over your head. Maybe it's a marriage that's struggling or a relationship that's broken. Maybe it's anxiety and depression that kind of lock you in this own personal cell of feeling alone. Know that God promises that he will lift our head above the water. He will be with us in those dark times. He will also be with us in the good times, right? He's there to celebrate with us. He is there to cry with us. When we have those times of sickness or when we lose a loved one that is so precious to us, he is there. He is not leaving us. This truth continues. If you want to flip over to the New Testament in Matthew, Matthew 28 is is a verse that many of you probably know, but Matthew 28, 18 Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. If you've gone to Mark, Luke, or John, you've been too far. Back it up to the left and find Matthew, the last chapter, 28, verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. God promises to always be with you. Now I'm wondering, how does that impact our faith? Standing on the promise that God is always with us. If you want to take a thought down in your sermon cell about what that means to you as a reminder for later, what does it mean knowing that God is always with you? Now, core promise number two, if you want to flip a little farther back in the New Testament to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10 
Now, sometimes people use this verse when people are going through the rivers of life. And they say, well, God will not give you more than you can handle. I think as we read this, we may realize that it says something slightly different than that. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Core promise number two. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. A promise for our faith is this. God will always give you the right answer to every choice. He will always give you the directions to his path for your life. It's a promise. He will always be there and speak his truth. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle in my make choices in life and decisions. I uh, am one of the many that on January 1st say, I am going to eat better and I am going to work out more. And then, and then, I look at my Facebook page and Pizza Ranch says it's kids' night <laughs> and my kids can eat free. I, they're actually, they're practically paying me to come eat food. And so, you know, I text my wife. I said, hey, Pizza Ranch, kids night, it's free. And she reminds me that we already have a menu planned and that we uh, should go to the gym tonight. And then I'm stuck with a choice. Do I do what I want? That would make me feel good for a little bit. Or do I do what I should do? Some of us are faced with uh, those decisions every day, right? Where God says, this is what I want for your life. And the world says, but this is super fun right now. And it wouldn't really hurt anybody. So it can't be bad if it doesn't hurt somebody, right? God promises to have the open door for his path every day decision you make. So, how does that impact our faith? Knowing that every decision we make, that God is speaking into our life. His path. If I'm honest, there's sometimes that I don't even feel like I hear that, that word. And that's what makes me step back and think, I'm probably not working on my core very much if I'm missing God's word and that choice in my life. So what would it look like in your life if maybe you started paying attention to what God was saying each time? Would that strengthen your faith? All right. We're going to keep going to core promise number three. And that goes farther back into the New Testament, almost to the end. First John, if you want to follow me back there. If you go to Revelation, you're a little too far. Second John, you're really close. First John, chapter 1, verse 
1 John 1, 9 says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Core promise number three. To strengthen your faith is to know that God promises to forgive. A couple weeks ago, our youth group was on a trip to Chicago, Lead the Cause. Some of you uh, knew about that and you were praying for us, and I appreciate that. It was a great week. Uh, There was a speaker there named Greg Steer. He is the leader of the organization that puts on this conference. And he was telling a story. He's, I think he's in his 50s now, but he's telling a story when he was 19. He was asked to give the message at a men's shelter in uh, Denver, Colorado. And the deal was these guys could have a room for the night at the shelter if they would listen to a sermon, if they go through a service. And so he was up there, and he started, he's like, how many of you have heard that if you want to get your life straightened out, you need to give up your alcohol, give up your drugs, give up your your women? Yeah, 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 we've heard that. He's like, ah, I got something else for you. What if I were to tell you to really have the life that you need. You keep your alcohol, you keep your drugs, and you keep your women. Now, this got their attention. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you keep all of that, and you run directly to the cross of Christ. If you try to clean yourself up, it's just going to be like frosting a burnt cake. Might look good on the outside, but the inside is still burnt. It's like you need to come to the cross of Christ. And only at the cross of Christ will you experience true forgiveness. Many men that night ran to the cross instead of trying to clean themselves up. That's where forgiveness happens. I want you to go one verse before that in verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Sometimes we don't confess our sins or, believe, or, or receive forgiveness of our sins because we, we don't think they are sins. We, we are lying to ourselves. We claim to be without sin even though God's word is very clear. This is not the path I have for you. And we use the excuse in our mind, right? It's not hurting anybody. The world says it's okay. So I am without sin. Woe to us if we are willing to live according to our selfish desires. When God promises, he says, even that deepest, darkest sin that you've been hiding for years and you didn't want to tell anybody, I already know about it. And I want to take it from you. I want to, uh, my forgiveness to be flowing over you. I want to take that burden that you've been carrying for years and years. And he's asking today, would you just come to the cross and receive the forgiveness that I promise? Come to the cross and let me carry that burden because I already did it. I already suffered and died on the cross for you. What does your life look like? What does your faith feel like when you realize every misstep in your life is covered by the blood of Jesus? Even the deep, dark ones that you don't want anybody to know about. 
Christ promises forgiveness. Core promise number four. Flip back to the Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some of you know this one by heart, John 3.16, but I want you to go there anyway. Because I think as we read the Word of God, the Spirit moves and the Spirit speaks. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Or as they say in Hawaii, God, when gives a plenty of love and aloha for all the people in the world, that he wouldn't send me his one and only boy, that everybody that trusts me no get cut off from God, but get the real kind life that stayed to the max forever. God promises us life to the max forever. Eternal life. If you flip a couple pages over to John 6, verse 47. John 6, 47 says this. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. God's promise to us is that as we come to the cross and experience forgiveness and grace through Jesus Christ, and we believe in him, we have eternal life. And Kenneth said this verse many times, John 10, 10, right? Jesus came to give us life and life to the full right now. When we believe that life with Jesus starts now, that full life with Jesus starts now and lasts for eternity. Some of us here today may be uh, not so sure about that. The last time I talked to my grandma, she's in her, I think she's like 93, 94. She's in a, a nursing home. She's getting very, very weak. And before we left, we talked about, you know, how much I love her and, and knowing that she will be in heaven when she dies. She said, absolutely, I know that for sure. That's the only thing that keeps me going is knowing that I will have eternity with God. And she goes, I don't know how people do it without that. How do people face this time of their life laying in a bed weak and hardly able to get up without the hope that there is something after this life? God's promise to us today to strengthen our faith as we walk this world is that we have eternity with him if we believe. Some of us today may be like, well, I hope I get to go to heaven when I die. Well, I think I deserve to go to heaven because I'm a pretty good person. I mean, I don't yell at my neighbors too much. And maybe some of us here today say, you know, I know I'm not going to heaven and I don't care. I don't want you to walk out of this room with anything other than 100% assuredness that you will be with God 
for eternity. Because that promise is for you, everyone in this room, everyone in this world and in this city has the promise that when you come to Christ, you will have eternal life. And I don't know about you, but that strengthens my faith, knowing that is true. Core promise number five brings us a little, a couple chapters over in John 14. John 14, verses two and three, if you would join me there. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, what have I told you that? I am going there to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. This truth is that God is coming again. He is coming to take us to be with him and he is coming to make this world new. The truth that God is in control in the midst of these days of chaos, knowing that in the end, God wins. God is in control. And I don't have to worry about anything because he's coming back for me. And he is coming back for his, all of his creation. And standing on that helps me understand that every day I can walk in that power. I can walk in that truth. I don't have to worry about uh, what people are saying about God. I don't have to worry about decisions that are being made by countries. All I know is that I serve a God who promises that he's coming back and he's coming back to make all things new. Did you feel something tightening up a little bit? Yeah? I see you straightening up a little, yeah? Tightening up our faith, standing on the promises that God is always with us, on the promise that he is always speaking into our lives, giving us direction away from temptation and sin. He is there He promises forgiveness. He promises eternal life, and he promises that he will be back. I don't know about you, but the third D of what we're talking about here is the doxology. Like, how does this lead us into worship? How does this lead us into worship? Uh, Another story that Greg Steer told uh, at this conference, he talked about talking to someone at the mall about Jesus, and this guy accepted Christ. He's like, so, uh, so Greg was like, so what are you going to do now? Uh, I don't know. Okay, how about this? What if I were to give you a million dollars? Would you slap me in the face? The guy goes, no, why would I slap you in the face? You just gave me a million dollars. It's like, so, so what would you do? He's like, well, hmm, I'd probably buy you a hamburger. Would you buy me a hamburger because you had to? No, I wouldn't buy you a hamburger because I had to. I'd buy you a hamburger because I'm so thankful for what you've done for me. And this story just brings to light, I can't help but worship God that I know promises to always be there to forgive me, to give me an eternal life, and that it's coming back. I can't help but worship him. I can't help but come in here 
and be ready to thank him. But I don't know if I'm honest. I don't always walk in this room that way every Sunday. I don't always walk in this room standing on the promise that God is with me because uh, I'm taking on a stressful situation all by myself, saying, "Go, no, God, I got this. And I walk in this not always with the attitude of, thank you, God, for who you are and what you've promised to be. And so when it comes to worshiping God, the more we are stronger in this core of our faith, of standing on these promises, the more we come in here and we praise God because he is faithful every day. And the last promise for us helps us as we walk this road day by day. I don't know about you, but I need a lot of help every day in my faith, in my life. If you flip over a page or two to John 16, John 16 verse 7 says this, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And then down a couple verses to 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. Core promise number six. You have the Holy Spirit in your life when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And the Holy Spirit is there to guide us deeper in our understanding of who God is and what he has for our life. The Holy Spirit is there to correct us when we have gone astray and not followed the the door that God has opened for us. The Holy Spirit is there to help our faith firm up And how to stand on the promises of God. Acts 1.8 tells us that not only does the Holy Spirit give us direction and correction, but because of the Holy Spirit, we have the power to go out and be a witness for God. Maybe we can call that, we've been called to be trainers for God. Spiritual trainers, because there are a lot of us and a lot of people in this world that need a spiritual trainer to step beside them and help them stand on a firm core of faith in God. And so today I hope that you felt a little stronger in your faith, knowing these six things. God is with you. All the time. He is lifting you up in those hard times, knowing that God opens the door to his path so that you don't have to struggle through a life of sin and temptation. And God forgives. So come and let your burden be taken by him. God offers eternal life, promised to you and all those who believe. God is coming back again to make all things new and to take us with him. And that God will send the Spirit so that we can walk day by day in his faith and encourage others to come along.
pray that your core is strong. And I pray that as you sit on those truths this week, that you will stand firm. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your promises that you are faithful to fulfill. God, help us to see them in a new light. Help us to see them so clearly. And Lord, bring to mind those days where we're not standing on those promises. In your heavenly name, amen.